0: Shalom Aleichem, kinder good mayed, good mayed. We're going to share with you a story of the Baal Shem Tov that was shared by the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe tells a story, a very beautiful, beautiful story, with the Baal Shem Tov, one Rosh Chodesh, the Baal Shem Tov and Rosh Chodesh would have a meal with all his Talmidim, and in honor of Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh is a very special day. Beginning of the month, for Jewish people, the first of the month is a very special day. So Rosh Chodesh is a holy day. We say special tefillahs, we say Hallel, we say Yalav Yavah, because it's a special day. So the Baal Shemta would even have a special meal, like a Yontav Dike meal with, with Talmidim and say divre Torah. And usually the Talmidim, they, they were so anxious, so excited. Every time the Baal Shemta would have a meal, and they were invited to the meal. They were hoping to hear some new Torah from the Baal And so they would all come, the Miseric Magid, all these great, great tzaddikim and goenim would, would sit there by the table waiting for the Baal to say something of Torah which they wanted to hear. And <clears throat> very often, when the Baal was a little bit more quiet, into himself, he didn't speak much, they would try to sing a Lebedi or tell something nice to the Bashanta to make him happy. And when the Bashanta was happier, maybe he would talk more because they wanted to hear what he had to say. So this um, so this one Rosh Chodesh, the bashanta was sitting at the table and was very, seemed to be very serious. And uh, he wouldn't talk. He was like very deep in his own thoughts. And they tried to sing a lebedikinigin, but it didn't work. They tried to tell the Baal Shem Tov, By the way, we heard that in this and this community, there is um, something nice happened. You know, because people would come to the Baal Shem Tov and tell him all the troubles with the pohits did this and this pohits did that to the Jewish people. And the Baal Shem Tov would get sometimes very sad from this. So they would tell him good news. You know, so he would be happy. But nothing worked. No matter what they tried to do, it was. Still the same, the Bleshter was very serious, um, not paying attention to anybody, just thinking deep in, in his own thoughts, and very serious, and didn't talk. And Talmidim were very upset; they were very, um, you know, disappointed because they were hoping that the Bleshter would 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 talk he would say something. Then at um, one point. They're sitting there for a long time and the Baal Shem Tov is not saying a thing. And so they um, see suddenly the door opens up and a man walks into the shul. You know, the, sh- the, the meal, the Yont of the meal was, was in the shul. So they saw suddenly the door opened up. One person, who was not from the Talmudim of the Balshemtov, Shem he was a chassid of the Baal Shem Tov, but a simple man, his name was David, David was a very simple man. Didn't know much how to learn, but he was very from. He did everything he could with all his heart and soul. He, he really loved the Baal And he would come sometimes just to be around next to the Baal by his meals, just to see him, even though he didn't understand the Torah the Baal would teach. And at one point, so this David walks in, and as soon as he walks in, the Talmudim see that the Baal Shemto's face became suddenly very happy. Like, suddenly he smiled because he saw David. And the Talmudim were a little bit upset. Why is he suddenly becoming so happy when he sees this simple, not learned uh, David? We, we're a big Talmudim of his. We learn so much Torah, and we can't make him happy. Only this simple David can make him happy. They were like a little bit upset. What are we like, not such good people? We're his Talmidim. And so the Baal Shem Tov sensed that the Talmudim were a little bit disappointed. So he decided to send David on a mission. He decided, David, listen, can you leave for, I need you to go somewhere to buy some more wine for the suda, for the meal. Balshemtov didn't want David to be there when he tells the Talmidim how special David is. You're not supposed to tell the full praise of a person in front of his face. You might get gaiva. The Baal Shem Tov gave him a few rubles and said, go find some wine. And he went out. And while he was away, the Baal Shem Tov spoke to the Talmidim and said to them, I know you feel bad. Why am I getting so happy when I see David, the simple, not learned, very unlearned David? But when you are around me, and you're such talmidim, geroinim, tzaddikim, am I getting excited? <clears throat> and the B'chentav tells them him like this, I want you to know who this David is. David is a simple Jew, doesn't know a lot of learning, but he's a hardworking farmer. He has a farm. He works from very from early in the morning till at night. I mean he goes from Mincha to Daven Mincha. But uh, until Mincha time he daven, he works hard. He grows vegetables and all kinds of things in his field. And it's a very hard work. It's very hard work. At night he davins Mincha Mahrev. But your Mincha in the in the shoal where David goes there was somebody giving a shear in Gemarim, in Midrashim, stories of the Gemarim. And one day, David hears the Rav who gives the Shear talking about an esrog, And how important the Torah says, how important it is for the Torah that we should have the nicest esrog you can get. <speaking in> but <Hebrew> should take on the first day of Sukkot, <speaking in Hebrew> a fruit from a tree that is beautiful. In our, the Chazal, the Gemara says, we know from Moshe Rabbeinu's times that what it means, it means an Esrek. Esric is considered a beautiful fruit. And it says in the Gemara that because it says by Esrek pre-8 Hadar, that the fruit should be beautiful, you should try to make it as beautiful as you can. Try to find the most beautiful asterisk. Now, what happens when you go buy an Esrek and you want a very beautiful Esrek, you're going to have to pay a lot of money because... Beautiful asterisk is not so easy to find. There are not that many on the tree. Right? Most of this so have some spots here, spots there. To have a beautiful asterisk that's so both beautiful, it's clean, no spots on it, and its shape is so beautiful, right? Nice and smooth, and everything is great and looks so beautiful. That's not so easy to find. That's why it costs a lot of money. <clears throat> so, but the, the, the Rav who gave the shear said, You know what? When a Jew tries hard and saves money and buys a beautiful Ezra, Hashem loves the mitzvah very much. So David heard this. He said, Well, I'm such a poor man. He was very poor because even though he grew vegetables and stuff, he didn't make a lot of money. And he had a whole bunch of children in his house. You know, he had like his wife and his children. And they were starving because there was not enough food in the house because David didn't earn enough money. And sometimes they were barefoot, didn't have shoes for the kids because they couldn't afford to buy shoes. Sometimes the clothes were torn because they couldn't go and take it to the tailor to fix it. They were so poor. So, But David wanted to do the Mitzvah of Esrach once, at least once in his lifetime. Once he wanted to do it beautifully. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to do something Really crazy. I'm going to save up money every day. You know, for supper, David would eat maybe a few pieces of bread and water. That was his supper because that's all he could afford. <clears throat> for his wife and kids, he gave them a little bit more bread, a little bit more water. But they didn't have uh, He didn't have money to buy anything extra. So David decided he's going to deprive himself. He's going to eat less every night. And he's going to save the money that he's from that extra food that he's not eating, and he's gonna put it aside. But it'll take a long time. It'll take a long time to save enough money to buy an expensive, beautiful Esrek. But David says, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna save every day and suffer a little bit of hunger. I'll stay hungry a little bit so I eat a little less so I can save that money for the Esrek. <clears throat> and that's what he did for a long, long, long time. In every penny that he, that he made, and that he would put it aside, to put it in a special bag, This is the money for the Esrik. And so the bag got fuller and fuller and fuller until David counted the money. He saw there was enough money for a nice Esrik. It was 200 rubles. must have been a very long time for David to save so much money. But he didn't tell his wife. Because his wife, you know, she was a good mother and a good wife. And she wanted the children to be happy. She didn't want the children to starve. Sometimes the kids would cry because they didn't have enough food at night. And they'll be hungry. It said, Mommy, I'm hungry, Mommy, I'm hungry. And and, and the mother would say, Oi, Bubala, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I, I don't have enough food. There's no food in the house. I wish I had more food. And and the kids would go to sleep hungry. And she worried about the kids, right? Because she was a good mother. But so so David was afraid to tell his wife that he has a lot of money put away for an asterisk. So he didn't tell her. Put it on a side on a shelf where nobody could see it. Once he had enough money, he decided to travel to the big city because they didn't sell a soy game in a small town like in measure bush. A measure bush, yeah, they wanted to get a nice esri, to go to the big city where all the big stores have a lot of very expensive esri. So <clears> he <throat> decided to travel to the big city. But it was like, you know, it was rain and, and mud, muddy roads. But he had an old horse which barely, barely walked and an old wagon that barely held together, almost fell apart. But anyways, he used the wagon and the horse and he traveled with his money to the big city. And it took him a long time because the the horse stopped, couldn't walk anymore, was too tired, and the wagon almost fell apart. He had to fix this wheel and that wheel. It took him a long time to get to the city. And finally, when he got to the big city, he went to the to the store but the guy sells the like him. And he said to him, I want the nicest esrek you have. And the guy looked at David. David looked like a poor man. You want to buy the nicest esrek? You know how expensive it is? And David said, fine, no problem, no problem. I, I have the money. Where do you have the money? Did you steal the money out of him? He said, don't worry about it. I have the money here with me. Just show me the nicest esrek. And so the guy showed him the nicest esrek. And David looked at him and said, wow, this is such a beautiful esrek. I've never seen such a beautiful esrek in my entire life. And so David said to him, okay, I'm buying it. How much is it? 200 rubles. Here, the whole bag is yours. Take, you can count the money. I saved it over many, many, many days and nights. I saved all that money uh, for my food, for my supper. I didn't eat and I starved. It's just I can have enough money to buy this Esrik. And the guy gave him the Esrik and he took the money. And David is so happy. You can't imagine how happy he was. He didn't care that he was hungry. He didn't care that he was starving. For him, the best thing in his life was that he had a a nice Esri. So Hashem would love the mitzvah that he's doing. He wanted to make Hashem happy. So now he can make Hashem so happy because he bought a beautiful Esri. And he made his way back. Took him a long time. There was mud on the road. and rain and this. It was not easy. It was a hard trip. Finally made it home. Came home. He took the the Esri carefully. And put it like very, you know, on a very high shelf so that nobody can touch it. And he waited for Sukkot to come. <clears throat> no, it was only two days away from Sukkot. Sukkot was almost there. And he was getting more and more excited because as Sukkot came closer, he says, Wow, in two days I'll be able to do a mitzvah with the nicest Esrik. And it'll be such a beautiful mitzvah for Hashem. He was so excited, like his hands began to shake from excitement. Now, the night before Sukkot, his wife comes into the room, and she says, David, we need food. The kids are hungry. What are we going to do? How are we going to feed the kids? And David says, well, let me see. Maybe I can find some money. Maybe have some vegetables from the garden. Now, let me see what I can do. And then she looks up, and she sees on a high shelf a beautiful box. She says, David, I never saw this before. What is this? What is this? And David says, David didn't want to say it was embarrassed to say that he saved so much money, even though the kids were starving and he was hungry and his wife was hungry and everybody was hungry and he was saving so much money just to buy an asterisk. You don't want to tell her. So he started like stammering, like, the box is... So tell me, what is this box? It's an asterisk. It's an asterisk. She ran over and took the asterisk down and she opened up the box. She says, wow what a beautiful Esrik, I've never seen it, how do you get such a beautiful Esrik, this costs a lot of money, where did you get the money from, and he says, well, I'll tell you the truth, I didn't want to tell you, but really the truth is, I saved money every single day, I saved another penny, and another penny, for a very long time, I even starved myself, I ate less, so that I would have a little bit extra money, to put aside, finally I was able to get that Esrik, and she gets very upset at him, she says, you save 200 rubles when you see the kids are starving and they're cold and they don't have shoes and you take 200 rubles and instead of feeding the children, you go and buy an esrik, and she bit off the pitum. It was a beautiful pitum on top of that esrik. She bit it off. She said, forget it. This is what you do with 200 rubles? She was very upset at him. Now, can you imagine this happened to you? Imagine it happened to you you have this most beautiful thing that you got as a present, and you love it so much, you can't get enough time to play with it. You play and play, because it's like your most special thing. And then one of your uh, siblings, your brother, your sister, your little brother, little sister, goes, takes, it throws it in the garbage and, and breaks it. You'd be upset. You'd be screaming, right? Can you imagine David, after everything he went through, how much money he had to save, and how long it took him to save all that money, and how much, how many days he starved, just so he can have enough money to buy the Esrik. And how much time it took him to get to the big city and come back. And now he didn't even get a chance to say the brach over the Esrik even once. Because it's not Sukkis yet. And his wife took in front of him and bit off the pit him. And now it's not a kosher Esrik. David, of course, wanted to get angry. Very angry at his wife. But he didn't do that. He swallowed hard. And he said, you know what? You're right. Who am I? I'm just a simple Jew. This is so arrogant. What am I about gaiva Do I have to have the nicest Esauk in town? You're right. I shouldn't have had such so should, should have spent so much money on like I should have spent the money for, for other things that we need in the house. And he thanked her and he was nice to her. <laughs> Balshantov turns to the salmidim and says, you know, what was the biggest test that anybody got in history? What is the greatest test? Avram Avinu. Hashem asked him to take his son Yitzhak, his special son, and sacrifice him as him. And Avram was happy to do it. Hashem said Then I'm doing it. Then Hashem told malach, no, 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 no. I was just a test to see if you're going to do it. But this is such a big test. That we mention it every day in Davening, Rosh Hashanah Yom Hashem, give us everything good that we need in the in the merit of Avram Avinu, passing such a huge, humongous test, says the Baal Shem Tov. You should know that from the time of Avram Avinu until this David, there's never been a Jew that had such a big test like David. David is the f- second person in history that passed a huge, huge test similar to the test of Avram. And his, the fact that he didn't get angry in Shomayim caused a big commotion. And this is why, when I see David, even though I'm a little bit serious then, and I don't feel like talking, I'm a very quiet, but when he walked in, he changed my mood. I became so happy. And after that, the Balshendo began to speak Torah for a long time, and the Talmudim were very happy. This is the story. Now, the previous Rebbe told that story when? On a Shavuos. Now you may ask the question, why would the previous Rebbe tell such a story on Shavuos? We don't take an Esrog on Shavuos, we take an Esrog on Sukkot. Why would the previous Rebbe tell this story on Shavuos? I don't know. I don't think he told it. I I don't think he explained it to anyone. But I'm guessing. Do you know that the Jewish people are compared to an Esrog? To an Esrog tree. Why? Because the Gemara says all trees, you know, when the fruit grows on a tree, the first thing that appears on the branch is the leaves. There's leaves, it's like a flower. And then after the flower appears, inside between the leaves comes out the fruit. But first the leaves come out, and then the fruit starts growing. The only tree that's different is an Esraqq. The fruit begins to show on the tree before the leaves. Says the Gemara, you know what the difference between the leaves and the fruit is? Well, it's a mushal. The fruit is like the mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are like fruit. Because a mitzvah does good things for the world. It changes the world, makes the world a holier place. And fruit also makes people happy. right? It gives people uh, food. It makes them healthy and strong. <clears throat> so mitzvahs are like fruit. But you can do mitzvahs without understanding why Hashem wants you to do it. But then, if you understand it also, and you have a lot of understanding, and you appreciate it, you love the mitzvahs because you know why Hashem is telling you to do it, then that's called like the leaves. The leaves sort of protect the fruit. See, the leaves go around the fruit and they protect the fruit so the sun wouldn't dry it up when it gets very hot on the tree. It can dry up the fruit from the heat of the sun so the leaves protect it. it. Also protects it against bugs. You know, it shields, it surrounds the fruit so the bugs don't get to it. So it, the fruit is like, the, the, the leaves are like the knowledge. Because when you know why you do a mitzvah, it makes you do the mitzvah better. Because then you know why you're doing the mitzvah. you're excited about the mitzvah because you understand the meaning of it. Right? So the Yidin, when they were at Har Sinai, and Hashem asked the Yidin, do you want to take the Torah? The Yidin said, what? Naseh venishma. We'll do even if we don't know yet what it is, we'll listen later, we'll understand later. But first, because you ask us, is your mitzvah, we're going to do it, even if we don't know what it is yet. We trust you. So that's why we're compared to an esrog, because in esrog the fruit, which is the mitzvah, come before the leaves. Naseh will do before Nishma will understand. And maybe because of that, on Shavuos, the day we got the Torah, the Vedic Rebbe told the story about the Neshek. That's just what I think. I might be wrong, but you can ask your Rebbis, your Tatis, your Mamis, what they think the answer is. Have a good Yontiv.